0: you would turn in your Bible to 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy chapter 4. <clears throat> We're going to read one verse here and then I'll try to get going. Like I said, it's a blessing to be here. And uh, it's always an encouragement to meet other like-minded Christians. We've been down there for three years. We moved from Tennessee in 2020. So we were in Tennessee, uh, for about 20 years and Lord called us out to Bible believers Baptist to come out there and help pastor John and the church. And man, being out, being in Hillsboro three years, we haven't been up here. So it's a, it's, it's kind of a nice thing. We're obviously praying for your pastor and his recovery and, and hate that that happened, but the Lord worked it out for good. Amen. So Amen. it's always a nice thing to be able to meet other like-minded Christians and make some new friends. Okay. First Timothy chapter four and we'll read verse sixteen. The Bible says, Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. Let's let's ask the Lord to bless the message. Lord, we pray this morning that you please bless the words that are spoken. Thank you for all these that have come out and have uh sacrificed their morning and Lord just coming out here and sacrificing a little bit of their time to hear something from you. We pray that you please give them something and open this word up to us, Lord, and help it to feed us and nourish us in the way that we need it. And Lord, we know that we need it. We pray that you would just bless this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so I want to point your attention to the first part of this verse. It says, Take heed unto thyself and to the doctrine. And another place in the Bible says, Take heed unto therefore unto yourselves. Uh, one other place in Second John chapter one says, "Look to yourselves." Now in the Bible, it it's pretty clear that it, the commandment is to look inward before we look outward. Amen. And uh, this can be done. This really should be done every day of our life. And if you have any kind of habits in life, and I hope that you do, you have some good godly habits. One, one thing that you should do in the first thing in the morning is you get up and you, uh, just kind of before you get your day going and before you get just, you know, going crazy and trying to get things done, just take some time and just look inward a little bit, right? Read your Bible, pray. And, you know, it's, it's easy as a human being just to kind of look at everybody, look at your circumstance, look at your situation, your marriage, your, your employment, your house, whatever, your health and just wanna want to you know basically not necessarily just blame every everybody and everything but uh for whatever reason we don't ever look at ourselves a whole lot. And the Bible says here in this verse it says, "Hey, take heed unto yourself." And this is obviously Paul talking to Timothy and he's telling him, "Hey man, uh before you go out there and you start ministering, you should look at yourself a little bit, you know? Look evaluate yourself, see where you're at. See see what it is that you're doing. And um you might actually find something, right? You might actually be made aware of something that you need to do or maybe something that you need to change. Uh, here's something that goes on in, in the Christian life. And I think this is probably one of the bigger conundrums that Christians face because there's so many different interpretations. There's so many different ways to look at it, but it doesn't matter, say, if you're, if you're sick or you're broke or you're injured or you have uh, marriage problems or even if it's something as simple as you catch the cold uh christians they have uh different different things depending on what group you're in they have different things that they'll tell you that's going on and some of them will say well you know tell me you know if you've heard some of these well god god's trying to get your attention right or god is testing you or maybe it's you're you're just reaping what you've sown or maybe the devil is trying to get you okay and it honestly no matter where you go you'll hear these different kind of uh ways that hey this is this is what's going on in your life this is why that you're having the problems that you're you know this is why you're having financial problems this is the reason that you you can't get along with your wife or your husband or you know whatever or they'll even take it a step farther this is this is the reason that you're sick because god's testing you and look i'm not saying that those things aren't true the, the problem is that um, I don't have the wisdom to tell you which one is which. I would love to be able to just say, hey, the reason that you're sick or the reason that you have an issue is because of this, right? God's, try, God's trying to get your attention. Or, You know, I read in the Old Testament that, uh, I don't know if you've ever read this, but it says in one place, I think in Second uh, Samuel or or First Chronicles, whichever, but it swaps out, one of the places says uh, that God moved David to number Israel. Okay, another place recording the same exact event, obviously we know that happens in, in places like Chronicles and Kings and Matthew, Mark, Luke, right? Uh, it says that, uh, Satan moved God, another place says God, or I'm sorry, Satan moved David, another place says God moved David. Do you ever notice that? Yeah. I mean, pretty crazy, right? The same exact story. So one of them was saying that Satan moved him to number the Israel and the other one was saying that God moved into number of Israel you say so which one was it I don't know I, I mean I, I take what the Bible says it was both right but to, to really dissect it and say well this is exactly what happened and, and to explain this verse next to the other I'm not saying there's a contradiction what I'm saying is that when it comes to our life the way that God moves and the way the Holy Spirit moves and the way that we do things and that, you know, reaping what we've sown and, and Satan gets in there, evil spirits get in there. The, the Bible talks about the world, the flesh and the devil, right? There's all kinds of stuff. There's just, there's just so many things, so many different ways and, and, um, possibilities in our life. But what I, what I do want to say, I can't answer any of that, but I will say that every decision that you make is a hundred percent no doubt about it creating the life that you're living. Okay, now let me let me repeat this because I, I feel like I, I didn't make that super clear. I'm not saying that God is, isn't in, dr- involved in your life. We heard a message last night that, that we need to be more, Brother Donovan preached, you need to be more focused on the hand of God than the hand of man. Okay, and that's true. We need to be concerned about what God is doing and God is always doing something in our life. But what you need to understand on top of that is that no matter what decision you make in your life, it is going to dictate things in your life right okay i mean i'm not saying that you can control everything but your decisions affect your life okay so just kind of pushing this whole thing of like uh you know god's um you know omnipotence and god's control and his uh whether you want to go to the the thing of predestination and all this stuff where god is you know Orchestrating your life, pushing all the stuff aside that we don't understand about, that we won't know until we get up into heaven, pushing all those things aside. Today I just want to simply focus on the decisions that we make. Okay. And that's what Timothy is told right here in verse 16. He says, take heed to thyself, right? And there again, too often we get focused on so many things that we don't know about, you know, Oh, what's God trying to do? What is God trying to do in my life? What is He trying to make me aware of? Or God is punishing me for this decision I made? Okay, that that may be the case. But you know what is just as not just as important, but just as relative, is that you have the ability to make decisions tomorrow. Okay, that can ultimately change almost everything in your life. And we understand there's things that are out of our control. I'm not saying that. But a lot of people, they think, you know, well, you know, I, I dodged the bullet, you know, my, my ships didn't come in because I lived this way and, you know, I didn't reap everything that I sowed. Okay. Well, you know what you, that may be true and, and we're told that we reap in mercy a lot of times. Thank God. We don't reap everything that we sow because we serve a God who's merciful, but you will live the life that you've created. Okay. Now, whether God is merciful to you and doesn't punish you for every little thing that you've done wrong, which for me, I don't, I don't think he has. I'm 40 years old and I don't feel like I would be in the position that I am in now if I reaped everything that I did. Even at 40. And I'm, I'm, I'm giving some, a little bit of leeway for the last 30 whatever years if the Lord gives them to me. Like I, at 40, I wouldn't be here. So I know the Lord is merciful, but I also know that if you, if as an individual, listen, if you are impatient, okay, now we're not talking about God's sovereignty, right? We're not talking about the hand of God or evil spirits or Satan getting in your life or any of those things. Now, we were in Tennessee for 20 years. And I would say that uh, a lot of the people down there in the Bible Belt, they believe that if something's going wrong in your life, Satan is trying to stop you. Okay? They the devil made me do it. You ever heard that? Now it's it is it is kind of a joke when you say that in churches, but they believe that. They believe that if like they if they have a flat tire on the way to church, the devil is trying to keep them out of church. It may be just be just be that you're re- irresponsible and you're not paying attention to at the tread of your tires, you know? It may be that. It may be just that. But they like to just throw it on the devil, you know? He's the scapegoat. We were, out, one time we were in Sunday school and the guy was up there teaching and something started happening with his voice. I don't know what it was. His voice got really dry or I have no idea what it was. It was just something a little bit bizarre and he was like losing his voice and he couldn't talk and it, people were like sitting around like, what in the world? You know, what's going on here? And hey, get him some water, this, that and the other. So he gets some water and, and as he's drinking the water, like I never did feel like it was a like an emergency situation. It was just kind of it was kind of like awkward, an awkward situation. Right. An, an older lady in the back pew yells out as loud as she could, "The devil's trying to stop him!" <laughs> and I don't need to say anything else to help you understand the way that people are. That's that's their mentality. It's like it, it doesn't matter really what I do. It's just like if I think that I want to serve the Lord. I'm going to have to fight the forces of evil every single second, you know? And I understand there's an element of that that's true, that 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 if you want to serve the Lord, you are going to face opposition. But not everything in your life. Listen, the reason that your front yard is a wreck and there's trash out there is not because you're fighting the forces of evil. You know what I mean? It's because you won't pick up the trash in your yard. And there's no, there's no spiritual thing involved in there. So all, that's all I'm trying to do this morning is try to separate for you uh, a little bit of of some things that you may not be able to understand. You're going to have to have somebody else who's been in the ministry longer and a lot more wisdom to explain all those other deep spiritual things. God moved David or Satan moved David. But I can tell you right now, at 40 years old, the, the decisions that I've made turned me into the person that I am. Okay, And it wasn't some evil plot from the devil to turn Matt into this person, you know? No, I made those decisions every morning when I woke up, right? If you're impatient, if you're a liar, if you're kind and considerate, if you're a loving person, if you're a thankful person, if you're spoiled rotten, right? I mean, good or bad, it doesn't matter. If you're easy to be, if you're an enjoyable person to be around, if you're an obnoxious person, you know? These these are the result of the decisions that you have made that you've made. Yeah. You all agree with me on that or not? Yeah. Cuz listen. Uh my son builds these Lego ships, right? <laughs> and it's the younger one, okay? The younger one of the two. And he builds these Lego ships and he'll see, he's in there for hours putting these Legos together and Usually the only thing that I see is that he comes out and he shows me this thing is in the form of the ship and there's like guns sticking out. There's like a, uh, like a, the captain's cabin and like all this stuff, you know, the mass. And it's like pretty impressive. But if you look at the thing close, you know what you'll notice? Is that ship was put together with little tiny blocks like this. And then he would stop the blocks here and then move them up. And then move them around here, right? It wasn't like you just took this one big block that was a ship and threw a mask on it or like a, a gun. Have y'all ever built with Legos? Yeah. It's little tiny blocks, right? Just a little tiny block here and then he decides, oh he wants it to go up this way or turn. This is what, this is what I want the ship to look like and he takes the little tiny blocks. You know, if, if, if we were honest and we looked at our life, our life is just like that. It's just a little tiny block here right? a little tiny block there. And the Bible says even a child is known by his doing. Right. Even a child. Whether his work be pure, or whether it be right. Even a child has put little blocks in place and he's already developed his character or his personality or you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So uh if now I think you guys are now kind of understanding a little bit what more what I'm trying to say. It it's all about the decisions that we make. I talked to a guy who, uh, just a real, real good stand up guy who's, who's in this church over in Montana. And he's telling me, he's a younger guy, you know, 25 years old. And he's like, yeah, I don't know why the Lord is, is putting me in these positions where I'm in charge of this or this, that or the other. He's, he started a business and now the pastor of the church is asking him to do some things. He's like, I, I don't, I've never been a person like that. And I'm like, well, to me, it's obvious you're a responsible person, right? And you have good character. And now you are, it's like, it's inevitable. People are going to see that and they're going to put you in. You're going to be an employer. You're you're not going to be an employee anymore. You're too responsible, right? You care too much about your work. You're too much of a hard worker. You're not an employee anymore. You're, now you're an employer. You have people under you. He's like, I don't understand why this is happening. It's obvious why it's happening. These are the decisions that you've made. This is the person that you've become. And now you're in that position. You know what's easy for us to do? Hey, how come I'm not making one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year? How come I'm not the manager? You know, how how come I'm not the one in charge telling everybody what to do? Because you're not making those decisions to become that person. That's the reason. Now you can blame all the people that supposedly have put all the roadblocks in your life and this, that, or the other. Listen, it's not going to last very long. It won't last with the Lord. I promise you that. Okay, you know, you know what's interesting? You see a lot of people that. Oh, Especially out here. Especially out here. You see a lot of people who have immigrated from other countries. And those people are poor or they're broke or whatever. And then just by some random happenstance, they get here and they're successful and they make a lot of money. See what I'm saying? These people could say, oh, well, you know, I, I grew up in poverty and I didn't have this, that, or the other. And this is the reason I haven't succeeded. But you know what it actually is? These people are responsible, and they work hard. And given the right, given you know, right the right environment, they succeed and they flourish. You know what I mean? It's just, you you can call it coincidence if you want, but to me, it's it's exactly what the Bible says. Look to yourself, and look at that verse one more time. It says, um, "For in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee." That would be my next point, but real quick. Um, people, listen, people weigh their options in their life. You know, people make their decisions. If you have a big decision you have to make, people, some people go down this road, pros and cons, right? Have you ever done that? I mean, it, it's something that it's like, this is a decision that's really above my pay grade, but I have to make it. So what am I going to do? I'll, I'll sit down and I'll weigh the pros and cons or I'll look at the risk first reward. At some point, you got to, you got to at least mentally work through whatever decision you're going to have to do. But uh how about your life? How about your life? You, you ever ask yourself what kind of character I want to, you want to have? Amen. It's good. You know? Hey, what what kind of person do I want to be? Amen. Look, uh th- this isn't like a 50-50 thing. If you want to have good character and you want to be responsible and you want to be a hard worker, then you just be that. You know what I mean? Your wife's not going to stop you. Your dad's not gonna stop you. Your pastor's not gonna stop you. Your employer is not gonna stop you from being a hard worker. You know what I mean? This is all on you. If, I think if we could see the, the consequences of our actions on the, like in the eternal spectrum, it would scare us to death. It would. Because we, we always look at the big picture of things. Man, I, you know what I want? I want a big, nice house. And I want a nice car and I want people to respect me and I want a place of a position. Like g- check the check all the, the the boxes on the list. I want nice clothes, you know, right? Is this stuff that you guys want? This is something that I would like. I I could see myself in that and I drive by the, these people's houses and I'm like, "Man, that's something that I would want." Well, look, you could you could have that if you wanted that. It's up to you if you want that. And if you don't have that, Look, I'm not going to say it's all your fault. I understand there's there are, there are things that go into that, but by and large, the, the position the position that we're in is pretty much the decision that we've made. Amen. Okay, here's a verse that a lot of Christians like to go to, and this there's nothing wrong with it, but this isn't really necessarily what we're dealing with. Sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily. Uh, therefore, the hearts of the children sons of men are fully set in them to do evil. You ever, you ever heard that verse? So the idea is, well, okay, uh, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing because I haven't reaped what I sowed. That's what people think. Or I'm not going to because I haven't just yet. So um, to put it in a different way, if every time that you sinned, it was like level 10 pain shooting through your body, then there would be a good chance that you probably wouldn't sin as much. You know? But that's not how it works. What, this is how it works. You sin and the Lord's merciful and says, hey, I'll give you a chance. 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 Right? And then you take that as God's permission. Well, I guess I'm going to have to, I can just sin. I'll just keep sinning. I haven't seen anything that's different. I haven't seen anything that's changed. Everything seems to be just the same around me. Right? And then all of a sudden something happens. Like, uh-oh. But you know what? You are living your decision. Just because you don't see the end result, sometimes those ships don't come in for 30, 40, 50 years. But you're living the results of those decisions every single day. Because you are that person. You know? I mean, I think about my, my father, uh, he developed the habit of drinking, right? And I don't know what age it was, but every day he would start drinking at like 3.30, 4 o'clock. You know? And, you know, he probably thought, well, I'll just keep doing this. I'll keep doing this. I'll keep doing this and not realizing, uh well, what he was probably thinking is, well, you know, I haven't died yet. You know, I'm not in extreme pain, this out of the other, and I'll just keep doing this. I don't see any big difference. Now, he did actually die young. He died in his uh, mid fifties, okay, which he didn't for- forecast, but even forties, thirties, forties, fifties, all those years, you know, what's the difference? You know what, what the difference was? He was living the life of a drunk. Every day he was reaping those those uh, basically the 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 curse of sin. Every day, that was the decision that he made. Do you understand? Now you may not see it. You may not see it, but you're here this morning because of a decision that you made, right? Right. So I think that if if it were a lot more clear, will the decisions that we made and we make. And the ramifications would scare us a lot more, but we don't see it. We don't see it. And real quickly, I just want to say two things and I'll be done. Turn over to 2 Samuel chapter 18. And, um, I want to say that not only do decisions affect you, but they also affect the people that you're around. Okay. And I'll just go ahead and tell you, there's two points here. Your decisions affect those that are around you now and they'll affect you or affect those that are around you for eternity. Now, if it doesn't scare you enough to think, man, my, this, my decisions and the things that I've done have turned me into a monster, you know, I don't know. Nobody says that. But if you, if there's ever anything about yourself that you've recognized that you don't like and that doesn't scare you, then I, like, I can't help you with that, but I think on the next level, if you were able to see a little bit the decisions and the person that you are are, are now affecting people around you, maybe that would help you, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe if you if you don't care so much about the person that you are, but maybe you care a little bit more about the people that are around you. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the Bible is pretty clear about this. But look at Second Samuel chapter eighteen, verse thirty-three. It says the king was much moved, and went up to the chamber over the gate, and wept, and as he went, thus he said, O my son Absalom, my son, my son. Absalom, would God I had died for thee, O Absalom, my son, my son. You know, the Bible says, For none of us liveth to himself, and no man dieth unto himself. It's not possible. It would only be possible if we were the only person here on this earth, right? Right? And I know I hear a lot of single people think, you know, well I'll just live my life, you know, I won't get married, this or the other. Look, you're still affecting a ton of people. A ton of people. Okay? Here here we have David. And David, the thing about David is he could save an entire nation by slaying a giant. That's what he did. One man delivered an entire nation because of his act of courage. Y'all remember that? David and Goliath, right? You know what else he did? He, br- he could bring a national revival and, and establish a kingdom by his great leadership. The nation of Israel lasted as long as it did because of the decisions that David made. If you don't believe it, read first and Second Samuel, first and second kings, first and second chronicles, and God over and over says, "I will not destroy it for David, my servant's sake." okay? But not to mention not just the life that he lived but all the things that he did. He prepared all of the things for the temple for Solomon and his son to build. Okay? He destroyed all the nations around them and delivered them from persecution and oppression. David did a lot of things, but he also lived a life to where it set not only his son Solomon. His son Solomon reaped an incredible amount from David's life. Did he not? Yeah. And he and Solomon did as much as he could to destroy it. And it still did not destroy the nation of Israel. That's how good David did in his life. But David still made decisions that affected those that are around him. Right? Now what you're reading here is kind of, it was, it's kind of everything coming to a head. And I don't have the time to explain everything that went wrong with David, but obviously we know what happened with, with, uh, Bathsheba. I almost said Beersheba. Like, it's not her name. (laughs) i know some women have some weird names in the in the bible but not bathsheba okay so bathsheba and then you see you see his family starting starting to unravel uh remember Ammon, and uh and the whole thing with his sister and man it's just crazy stuff well here absalom decides that he's going to steal the kingdom from his dad now how heart wrenching would that be it's like your son wants to Form a conspiracy and rip the kingdom out of, out of your hands. And now what is David gonna do? Because now he, he's running for his life, okay? He flees Jerusalem and his son is in power and he knows that, he knows in his mind the only way for this to end is for Absalom to die. But he doesn't want his son to die. I mean, obviously he needs to be back in Jerusalem and be the king, right? He can't be on the run. The whole nation would just crumble without David. But he knows that if Absalom doesn't die, he's never going to be king again. But here's the thing. I I honestly believe his testimony here where he says, would to God I would had died for thee. I, I, I believe that. I think that he would have given his life for his son. He loved his son so much. He would give his kingdom, his life, everything if he knew that that would fix it. And of course, it wasn't going to fix it. But... The point is this. David's life affected his family. And he was a great leader and he was a great king. But there were some things about him being as a family man that wasn't so great. You know? I would love to say that he was a great father and a great family man. It doesn't appear to be the case. But look what look at what the passage says. Uh, Absalom, my son, my son. His heart is ripped out. Because now he recognizes that his decisions that he made has destroyed people in his family. And this has been kind of a long time coming. David knows that this is going on. You know? His his daughter gets raped, then his son is killed by Absalom. Like all this, this awful stuff happening inside of his family and David, no doubt, David thinks, this is because of the decisions that I made. This is on me. You know? And listen, we need to understand that that our decisions affect those around us right now. Right now. You know, it, it may not have been a huge deal for you to be in church for you in your mind, but it's probably as big of a deal or big of a deal for somebody else that knows you. Oh, they're not going to church anymore. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. That's the decision that you could that you made this morning. Hey, praise the Lord, you made it to church. You're affecting and influencing somebody somewhere. And they may not even be in this building. But you're in church. I tell you, if, if I found out some people that I knew stopped going to church, it would affect me. You say what? Them just going and sitting in a building? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's it's just the way of life. You have the most influence, listen, on your family. The most. Listen, fathers. you got some fathers in here that are raising kids. I see some kids. <laughs> you know what? From 0 to 18 you have more influence on them than anybody else in the world. Yeah. Anybody. You say, well, they can have a bad friend, this, that, or the other. Look, they can you can overcome that. Yeah. In fact, you can train them to a point where they will overcome that. Or you can train them in a point where they won't overcome that. Yeah. But that's up to you. Now, I'm not saying that you can mold your kid to anything that you want. I'm not saying that. No. But the influence by your decisions is undeniable. Yes. Absolutely undeniable. Every decision that you make alters the outcome of your home, it'll alter the outcome of your job, it'll alter the outcome of your marriage, and in the process, you're affecting all those people around you. Okay? So going back to the original point, you say, well, I don't know if my ships will come in, I don't know if the Lord's going to make me pay for this, I don't know if the devil's trying to get me to do this, or the Lord's doing this. Look, you're doing plenty. (laughs) Right now, you're doing plenty. If you could just worry about that and not worry about all that other stuff, you know, True. say, well, I, I don't know why I'm in pain. Well, look, I, I can't tell you either. And you're not going to find out right now. Doesn't don't we just sing the song? We'll understand it all by and by. Right we'll understand it all by. And, you know what I mean? We can sing it. We can say it, but it's hard to accept. Yeah. We want to know now. Yeah. I can tell you right now, the reason uh <coughs> that your car is dirty is because you didn't clean it. You know, I hate to I hate to boil it down so simple, but the reason that you're a bad father is because you're not trying to be a good one. You know, or a bad wife, or a a bad mom, or whatever, grandparent. You see what I'm saying? It's those decisions, and unfortunately, there it's not just us. That yes, they, it, if if you have a flaw in your character and you start lying and fibbing, you become a liar. Yes. Okay, and those decisions you made has turned you into a liar. I know some people and I can only take what they have, what they say, uh, face value. Right. Mm-hmm. Because I know that they lie all the time. I didn't do that to them. No. They made that decision. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, but the thing is, uh, the next step is now they're, you're, a, as a liar, you're affecting people around you. Mm-hmm. I mean, how would you, how would you like it for your kids to know that you're a liar? They're going to find out eventually. Right. You know what I mean? You can cover it up for a little while, but eventually you're gonna, they're gonna find out, man, dad, he was just a liar. Like he lied all the time, you know? Well, hey, guess what? That's gonna affect them. And maybe, hey, praise the Lord, it could affect them for good anyways. Like, I don't wanna be a liar. I don't wanna be like dad, a liar, but I'm, I'm not, look, look, I'm not trying to be super hard on the dads here. Uh, but I know how it is to be a dad, and I recognize, hey, I better be careful. The decisions that I make, because I'm turning Matt into who he is, and I can blame my mom, and I can blame my dad, and I can blame my brothers and sisters, or whoever, or Joe Biden, whatever you want to say. But I, I, I will say this: I'm honest enough to know that I made me the person that I am, right? And it, well, unless I'm a, I've turned into anything good, and I know that it's the grace of God. Okay, so I'm not—I'm not trying to push God out of this. But we read a verse in Sunday school that says Hymenaeus and Philetus overthrew the faith of some by saying the resurrection has already passed. Yes. Wow. Wow! I mean, just one word of testimony. What's your word of testimony, Hymenaeus? Oh, the resurrection has already passed. Well, half the church just left with you. They fell out. You say why? Because they were affected. They were influenced by that person. It just happens. It's the way we are. Uh, turn over to Revelation for my final point, Revelation chapter 20. Just one more thing about the issue of parenting in a family and I just want to say like, if your kids get bitter at God and they don't go to church it's not going to be because of the preacher it won't your kids now you may be foolish enough to be bitter at or get mad at the preacher and be bitter at God but your your kids are smarter than that if if they get if they get mad at church and bitter at God it's been it's probably going to be a lot because of what you did in their life yeah. now I'm not absolving them of their responsibility eventually they have to own up to it but I've, I hardly ever have seen a situation where a kid was raised in church and he doesn't go to church because the preacher was this, that, or the other. No, it's because his home life was a wreck and his parents were hypocrites. You know what I mean? If you got, if, you guys, I don't think you understand what I'm saying. Listen, if you are a true, genuine Christian that loves the Lord, your kids look at that. Amen. They look at that. They're not as concerned about, and I'm not saying the preacher doesn't matter, but the preacher can only touch them in certain ways and it's from a distance. If they have a bad experience with the preacher, they'll be like, oh, well, that was the preacher. That's not the Lord. That's not the church. I see what real Christianity is. I like have experienced it firsthand with my parents. Amen? Amen. I mean, we've, we've kind of been through that a little bit with our family. We're, we've been a part of churches where things went south. My kids aren't bitter at church or bitter at God. And that's not a pat on my own back. I'm just telling you that that's the truth, you know, and that's just a so kind of a sober reminder. We need to be careful about what we're doing, you know, it's easy to be like, well, that preacher did this or he said that and now this, that or the other. Well, you can overcome that with your own decisions. Amen. Okay. Revelation chapter 20. And here's a, a crazy verse. I know that it's sometimes these verses are hard to believe, but. This thing is going to happen verse 12 and I saw the dead and small and great stand before God and the books were open another book was open which is the book of life and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in them or in the books according to their works and the sea gave up the dead which are in it and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them and they were judged every man according to their works um, look the things that we do will affect those, Around us now, but also in eternity. Now, this is, what is a, what's a crazy thought here is that our actions will affect the people in this verse. Okay? Now, you, you can't make somebody receive Christ or you can't make somebody reject Christ. But you can influence somebody to receive Christ. Can you? How many of y'all have been led to the Lord by somebody else? Okay? Oh, maybe okay. Then let's rephrase rephrase that because there was only like ten people that raised their hand. <laughs> How many of y'all have been led to the Lord by the influence by somebody else, whether it be preacher or a track or something else? It wasn't just you picking up the Bible and being saved. Okay, that's that's the response I wanted. That's everybody in here, and that's the way God does it. He uses men and women. Does isn't that what he does? He hands the baton off. All right. It's your turn to be the testimony here. You go out and be witnesses for me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, uttermost parts of the earth. Y'all do it, right? But here, now we're seeing the end result. It says, here's the dead, small and great, and the, and the books were open, and death and hell delivered up the dead that were, which were in them, and they were judged according to their works. The, but what, what's crazy here is this isn't some random group of people. This, some of these people we are going to be around, you have been around. Some of these people you, you guys were around and they're already gone. You know, when you're young, it's you don't realize that anybody dies. When you get to be about forty, it's like, man, there's a lot of people that that go on. They die. It's just part of life. You know what? If they're lost, they're going to be in this group here. And that that is a sobering thought to think that I, somebody who is going to be judged according to their works, I was around that person. And as untouchable as that may seem, the eternal destiny of somebody, God allows us to be in on that. Now that, in, in a way, that seems kind of irresponsible. But that's the way that God. When when I think of it, it's like Matt, you are responsible to be a witness to to them. You're supposed to be a little Christ to that person over there. It's like, wow, <laughs> that is a big load, yeah. you know. And uh, and too many too many times, I don't live up to that responsibility you know but i tell you right now if we can get it in our mind that we are going to be influencing the people whose eternal destiny is depending on whether or not they receive Jesus Christ or reject it we we can influence them for good that could, i think that that could really get our attention and you say by what by the decisions that we make it's not necessarily well you know, the devil's trying to get me to stop witnessing to them or whatever, you know? Or the devil's turning me into this person where I can't be a witness. No? No? You're making a decision whether you're going to witness to them or not. Right. We are. I am. Right. And you say, well I'm not, uh, here, let's just take it on, let's just boil it on down. I can't witness to somebody because I don't know enough Bible. Why? Why? Yeah. Because the decision that you made. Do yeah. not read your Bible. Yes. Right. Look, everybody in here has a Bible. You yep. Yep. can't use that excuse. Right. Well, I, I don't have any confidence because of what, what I don't know enough. Why? Because the devil's trying to stop you? <laughs> because it was eternal it was God's preordained, uh determinate counsel to make sure that you did not witness to this person. <laughs> no. Because you decided you, if the pastor was having a discipleship class or what, bro, some brother in the church is doing a discipleship class, you decided it wasn't important enough. Right. Right. You know? Because I'll tell you right now, you'd have a lot more confidence to talk to some people if you knew a little bit more of what you're talking about. Okay. And look, that, and I'm not saying that that, that if you don't know what you're talking about, you can't witness. That's foolishness. You know how to get saved, you got saved. That's all you need to know. Yeah. But, you know what we always think? Well, what if they ask me this, or what if this gets up, brought up, and, you know, I don't know the verses of this. That's the decisions we made. That's on us. So we have these decisions. How much am I going to do in my life to be a testimony to the world around me, right? How did I conduct myself around uh, whether it be my employees or employer or uh, around my boss, around my wife, around my neighbor? You know what I'm saying? These are just, right? The decisions that we make. How did I conduct myself? Uh, the guy at Home Depot, the guy, uh, in front of me at the red light that didn't recognize that it was green soon enough. <laughs> you know? Man, I, like, I got yelled at, honked at, and got the bird for missing it for like one second the other day. <laughs> it's like, wow. I guess I lost my testimony with that guy, you know? Cause I didn't hit the accelerator just then. But on a serious note, we can help set the framework for eternity for some people. That's it. that's within our wheelhouse. You know what I mean? Right. That's 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 our responsibility. You know, I it was just like incredible things happen whenever you just decide to open your mouth just a little bit. Yeah. You know, when we hear these stories, you know, I get jealous of people. It's like, yeah, I let somebody or this out or the other, and it's like, man, that sounded way too easy. You know, I'm not doubting their salvation. I'm just like, what? it seems like it always comes easy for those people. Well, they're just, they're fishing a lot. Yep. You know, they're opening their mouth. They, they get, they hit all kinds of oppositions. They, they, they get cussed out or whatever. Uh, But they, they eventually are going to find somebody that's looking for the truth, you know, and it was just like, I think it was last, wow, it's actually been over a year now, I think, but our neighbor a little neighbor, uh, kid was over at our house, uh, 10 year old kid and him and Silas were outside playing and, and we had actually, we had pulled down this big barn at our house and we were burning a bunch of the old lumber. And, um, they were, you know, it was kind of getting dark and they were standing around the fire talking and goofing off and everything. And, and Silas, man, he decides that he's going to witness to this kid, right? And that's a, that's really a great setting to witness to somebody around a big fire, you know? I mean, it's, it kind of are, y'all ever done that? Like, been around a fire, it's like, wow, I'm so glad that I'm not going to hell. It's just the reality of how hot that is. Well, and for sure a 10 year old, you know? And Silas decides to start witnessing to him and, and telling him about the Lord and everything. And this kid bows his head and prays and asks the Lord to save him. Right? Well, just from that little, little tiny witness, we get to know the family a little bit. They're, they're neighbors of ours. And, uh the the Mom starts coming on Wednesday nights at our church, and then the Dad will come for a little while, and then they'll they both came for a while and then after a little bit of time, now they're not just coming on Wednesdays they're coming on Sundays now they're coming on Sundays and Wednesdays, and they're just like a regular part of the family from just a little tiny witness you know nothing spectacular he Silas knows some Bible for his age, but he doesn't know all the verses, right. But to me, it's like wow just just a small young person with you know not not a whole lot of skin in the game can change the direction of not only an individual but an entire family yeah. and for uh, over a year now, this family has come to our church they you know, they've heard brother Donovan, brother Pilkington uh you know uh pastor John Robinson, they've heard all kinds of singing testimonies. Bible preaching, teaching, hours and hours and hours of it. And it's changed their life. And then, and, and to boot their daughter, they, she hears about passing out track, She decides, I'm going to try it. And she passes out a track at Chick-fil-A and the, the kid that she passed the track out to, him and his buddy came to church. And then his, his buddy, he says, uh, he really likes the church. He brings his mom and now they've been coming to our church. You know what I mean? And it's just like, just little decisions. That's all it is. Little decisions. Don't, so, in kind of in conclusion, don't get hung up on all of these things that we don't understand that we wish the Lord would just tell us. Because I, I kind of feel like the Lord to be like, "Yeah, I could, I could give you really like the the more complex answer of why it is you went through this and how it affected this guy down the road and a hundred hundred miles here." This person did this and you know, he could show you like all these things of how he worked, but maybe he's just going to say, Hey, it it wouldn't have changed anything had you known the biggest thing that could have changed is just the little decisions that you made. You know what I mean? Just get up in the morning and open your Bible and, and say, Lord, I'm going to look at myself here just for a second. What, what is it that I'm doing that's affecting the way that I am the person that I am? You know, what is it that I'm doing that's affecting the people that I'm around. Yep. And ultimately, how is this going to affect people for eternity? And we didn't even touch on the, the effect that we have on other Christians for eternity and at the judgment seat of Christ and, and you know, how we're going to rule and reign with him, all those things. It's, there's eternal consequences for Christians, isn't there? Yep. But just to think of the lost world in general, the consequences, the effects that we have, it's a tremendous responsibility and it's all because of the little decisions that we make. Just the, like the decisions that we made this morning. I'm going to get up. I don't feel like it. I'm tired, but I'm going to go to church. Hey, praise the Lord. You made it. You know what I mean? Now tomorrow morning, you can make some good decisions. You could change some, some things about the way that you are if you want to say, I don't, you know what? I don't like how ungrateful I am. I'm going to make some decisions. I'm going to change some things. I'm going to try, I'm going to try to change the way that I am. So that I can be more grateful, or I can I can stop being as negative, or be more caring. These are decisions that we can make yeah. and affect those that are around us. Amen. Yeah. All right, let's pray. Lord, thank you for the message this morning. Thank you for the free will that you've given us, the ability to um, just make our own decisions. And uh, if it if it's something that you put upon our heart, something that we need to change, Lord, we have the ability to do that because of The, the will that you gave us and we pray that you please help us to be, um, mindful of that, Lord, and help us today to recognize some of the decisions that we're making in our life. Maybe the habits we haven't talked, we didn't talk about sins or any of the things that we do that's just out and out wrong, but certainly those decisions to commit sins affects our relationship with you and affects the relationship and the influence we have with other people. And we pray, Lord, that we would uh, be sober about that and we'd be serious and And help us to to make as many right decisions as as we can and, and be the people, Lord, that You want us to be, that we can bring glory and honor to You. In Jesus' name, Amen.